0: Welcome to Northgate Bible Chapel Online. Thanks for checking out our podcast where you can listen to our latest sermons filled with teaching, encouragement, and hope from God's Word. So, whether you're outdoors, in the car, or just poured some coffee, let's dive into today's message. Doesn't uh, affect uh, this morning. Uh, I was given the task of dealing with a topic of Christ superior over the angels, and I was asked to focus on Hebrews chapter one verses four through nine and Hebrews 1, 13, and fourteen because these really are the core passages. Uh, That uh, address this. And what I want to do this morning to uh, lead off is to ask you a question. How do you describe a unique individual, a truly unique individual? Can I get a show of hands? How many of you have taken a statistics class? Okay. So you know something about distributions, right? And they're continuous distributions. And the problem that we have is we're used to this big bell carve of people that we hang around. And our difficulty this morning is that our Lord Jesus Christ doesn't fit that space. We're down here at the bottom end, and he is way out here on that end, because he is God incarnate. And indeed, that is the uh, focus of the writer here to the Hebrews. Uh, And when you think about it, when you want to draw a a comparison, you want to do a comparison and contrast. You know, what features are the same and what features are different? And what we're going to see is that that's what the uh, writer uh, does for us. The second point or uh, idea that I want to start with before we really uh, dig into the text is this uh, idea of uh, letting the text speak to us. Uh, The writer was very careful about uh, the words that... Uh, he chose to give us, and we need to take the time to let the text speak to us. Uh, and so uh, that's what I want us to do this morning. So let's jump in here at uh, Hebrews 1, and I want to I'm going to read uh, most of the chapter here that's relevant because context is important. In verse 1, we remember from last week, long ago and at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. There he's talking about uh, the prophets in the uh, uh, nation of Israel who God uh, used to speak to the, the uh, people. And he says in verse 2, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Now, I want to pause here for a minute. Because there's a real contrast. We have the prophets who God used and who were valuable servants, but they were just servants. They served the people, they pleased God, but our Lord Jesus Christ, as we will see, is in a category by himself. Uh, In verse 2 we read, But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. You know, we think about that. He is a special individual. And we really, you know, our, we don't have categories that describe him. We just have to say he's really at the top of the distribution, and we're all down here in this little um, uh, group of people. And so, as we think about this, uh, you know, we'll go on. He said, he's the exact radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint by his nature, and he upholds the universe uh, by the word of his power. And notice here, after making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. I want you to think about that. What's the big deal about Christ sitting down? And as, as I pondered it, um. I thought about the Levites uh, trying to do all those sacrifices. They weren't sitting down. They were running around. They were getting all the fires ready and all, this, uh, uh, all the uh, uh, preparation for the Old Testament worship. They never sat down. Their work was never done. And, indeed, th- that's one of the reasons we need a second covenant, and we have a second covenant in the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, so uh, we go back and we look for that, and we realize that all of this is to tell us that Christ's work on our behalf is finished. There's, he doesn't have anything else to do uh, with that. I mean, he, you know, uh, he... His work is finished. So, if we want to think of it another way, we can uh, see that his work to, to defeat sin is finished for all time. And notice how the writer uh, draws another comparison in verse 4. He says, Having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Again, it's another comparison and contrast. Think about angels. Uh, You know, we can read about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, and two angels did that. (laughs) I mean, they, they could just wipe the place out. Lot's wife was turned to a pillar of stone. These were not guys you messed with. They were really powerful, but they're nothing. They are servants compared to our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, go back to that uh, bell curve that you looked at. We're way down at the end, and the, you know here we are in the little bell, and somewhere in the middle are the angels, or actually not that far from us are the angels, and way down at the other end that you have to use a logarithmic scale to see is our Lord Jesus Christ, because he's he is different. He is unique. Uh, so, again, uh, we remember the consequences for Lot's wife, too. She disobeyed uh, the angels by looking back uh, and wasn't following uh, their instructions. And as I, as I read that part here and thought about what had happened, I realized that uh, the the problem is thinking too highly of ourselves, Uh, and when we do that, uh, we disappoint our Lord, and generally what happens is our choices are far, far worse than his choices for us, and so we're better to let him drive, if you know what I mean. So, Again, uh, the writer is going to continue with comparisons. Again, we're doing a comparison and contrast today. And so he asks the question. He says, "For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you? You know, you think about that, you look through the scriptures, and guess what? God never said that to any human. The only... there was no one who was qualified to be on stage with our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, And then what's kind of interesting is we see the writer to the Hebrews uh, jumping uh, in to use the Psalms to to make his argument for us. He says, or again, I will be to him a father and he He shall be to me a a son, and that's Psalm 2-7 that the writer used. And so what I want to do here is, again, remember I was telling you about context. I want to look at the context here uh, to to get the full flavor of what uh, the writer is uh, is saying. Uh, The Hebrews has cited it. Let's see what what the psalmist wrote. He says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. He will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, "Uh, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of 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 the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son today. I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. What we see is that we are the property of our Lord Jesus Christ. So were the people in the Old Testament. The one difference here is our Lord Jesus Christ to uh, save a people for himself became sin for us and lay down his life on on the cross that we might have fellowship with him in eternity. So, again, you say this makes Christ superior to any human. He continues here, and uh, we're going to look at Hebrews 1.6 to uh, explain the majesty of Christ. He says, and again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Again, there's no comparison to the real thing. And we saw in Psalm 7, uh, of the angels, it, there in, in Psalm 7, the writer is uh, quoting, uh, or in verse 7, the writer is quoting Psalm 104.4. He says, and the angels, he says, make his, angel, his angels' wings, his minister, a flame of fire. But of the sun, here, watch for this comparison and contrast, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. Again, we need to look closely here. Notice how uh, the Son is described. Your throne, O oh God, is forever. I mean, we have God the Son, we have God the Holy Spirit, uh, and then we have God the Father. Uh, the angels aren't in any of this. You know, the, you know, there's still the hired help down here with us. Um, so that is, is something to dwell on here and think about the majesty of our Lord Jesus Christ here. Again, let's continue uh, in uh, verse 9 where we have the, uh, a quote from Psalm 45, 6, and 7. He says, You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness before God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Again, our Lord Jesus Christ is unique here. He continues in verse 10. He says, And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and in the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment." Like a robe that you will roll up. That's quite a uh, that's quite a uh, description here. Uh, our Lord Jesus Christ is eternal. This earth is going to be destroyed. Notice uh, where he goes. Then he goes like uh, he says, S- sit like a uh, sit like a garment that will be changed, but you are the same, and your years will have no end. And notice verse 13. At my right hand, until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Now that isn't finished. We still have a lot of rebels down here. Uh, And uh, right now what we have is the gospel is the proclamation of God's grace that gives opportunity for those who don't know him to uh, respond to his gospel. We have a loving Lord. We have a patient Lord uh, who has waited uh, to give people an opportunity to understand our Lord Jesus Christ and to embrace him. He says in uh, in verse 13, I want to go back to verse 13 here. He says, And at my right hand I make your enemies a footstool for your uh, feet. And the, the point is, there's been nobody else like that. And he says, But then the contrast comes in in verse 14. He says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those are to, who are to inherit salvation? If you think about that, I, I don't know how angels work in this dispensation. Uh, uh, you know, we have the Word of God. I, I, I'm sure they have some uh, some purpose, but the text doesn't really give us a lot of uh, information about that. But the key is that whatever has happened behind the scenes, it is for our benefit to uh, protect us, because it's for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. And when we think about it we have a tremendous savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he laid down his life to purchase each of us from the slave market of sin. And here in the book of Hebrews, we have an opportunity to see Christ in all his glory and to see that he is superior to Anything that we could con- that we could uh, contemplate in this uh, in, in this created world let's give him praise and honor forever through our worship. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you inspired the writer of Hebrews to put these thoughts down. We see that The writer's mind was well-informed by the uh, Old Testament and was explaining to us the great benefit that we have through the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, As we leave here today, we should leave with thanksgiving and praise his name, Uh, for it's in his name we pray uh, this morning, amen.